So now let's get back to creative financing, right? The traditional way of buying a home, you get cash, get a loan from a bank. Now the creative techniques is who knows what a hard money loan is? Raise your hand, please. Okay, so for those of you that don't know what a hard money loan is, pretty much you have these smaller institutions. They're not quite banks. They're willing to lend you a percentage of the purchase of the home. A lot of them claim to lend you the whole amount. That's kind of BS. They'll lend you the whole amount if the property is like dirt cheap. Um, but they typically, what they run is your 70% minus repairs rule of thumb. What is that rule of thumb is, has anybody heard what ARV is? So after repair value, after renovated value, you can substitute that R however you want. It's pretty much what is the value of that home going to be worth once it's fixed up and updated. I'm talking about granite, new bathrooms, new kitchen, new windows, new everything. What's that value of that house going to be? That's how we analyze flips. and wholesales, we determine what that potential is. Based on that potential, we run our numbers backwards from there. So we're gonna do 70% of that. That's it. so minus 30%. Your 30%, that's gonna be 12 to 18 of that, of that is gonna be your costs associated with holding, money costs, closing costs is what it's gonna run you. Your other about 12%, that's gonna be your profit margin. Then you're gonna subtract repairs from there right? That's how you come out with an offer of what you're going to do. Hard money lenders use that to de determine what they're going to lend you on this property. They want to be at that point because if for whatever reason you cannot perform on this loan, they need to take that property back. So they need to make sure they have enough of a margin that if they need to, they put the property back on the market. Hard money lenders are not in the business of flipping houses. They're in the business of lending money. That's why that money is hard, meaning that's going to cost you more than anything else. The typical terms are 2 and 12. What's 2 and 12? 2 points up front, 2% of whatever you're borrowing up front, and 12% interest on that loan. Make sense? So that's kind of standard, and it fluctuates from there. I've seen 14 and 12. I see uh, 4 and 12. I've seen 4 and 14. You know, I've seen one in 10, it varies on the hard money lender and it varies on your credibility and your reputation. If they don't know who you are, they don't know that you know what you're doing, they haven't done business with you, it's typically on the higher end. They may not lend to you the whole amount of the purchase or even the whole amount of the rehab. A lot of times they'll lend to you maybe, you know, 60% of the purchase, 50% of the rehab. You gotta come up with the, the, the other amount of money. But it's a way that if you have a little savings, you might be able to get into a property using a loan like that. It's a great option for those people that can't afford, you know, to buy a property for 200 grand, right? Now you got it. You can use, you can leverage some of your savings and take out a loan on that property. But these are short term. So you want to make sure these are only for flip properties. This is short term because they're very expensive. They could chew up your equity very quickly. No, no limit on hard money. Um, hey, then it should be, but we just bought pretty much a whole portfolio from a hard money lender that lent way too many hard money loans to a contractor. And that contractor, even though that those properties had profit in them, his monthly payment 
for all those loans, he could not afford. It was like 15 grand a month. He just could not afford them. So hard money loans is something that you got to be very cautious about. The same as flipping houses, be very cautious. This is not a beginner strategy. All right. It's possible. It's doable. People do it all the time. It's not a beginner strategy. Take it serious. The next one, private money loan. These are my favorite. These are the ones that we do all the time. This is your borrowing from somebody you know, a private individual. They may have a self-directed IRA, some form of retirement account, savings, whatever it may be, they're able to lend you the money. They want to be in real estate. They just don't have the time to actually be in real estate. So they'll lend it to you. They're getting better returns than they would on the stock market, everything. And it's backed by the real estate. So their money is always protected. They're able to lend to you and have a first lien position on an asset, on a real estate asset. And if they did their job correctly, they lend to the right investor. They're well within the money that if they ever needed to take that property back, they got plenty of equity that they can at least get their investment back. We use private money primarily for everything. We've never used hard money. We've never needed to. Currently, we have over $5 million deployed of private funds. Um, we use private funds for everything, even our rentals. I have private money loans at 6% interest only on my rental properties. You understand? And these are individuals that they just, they want that security of real estate and they got that check coming in every single month and they love it, you know, because it's just, they know that their money is, is protected. It's not at risk and they're getting 6% on their money consistently. You understand? Can you get higher interest on the stock market or something? Yeah, but you're also taking that risk. Real estate, chances are, unless you live in Austin, they're not going to take a plunge. You know, so your money's pretty well protected when it comes to that. So private loans are definitely my favorite. And the other part of uh, why they're my favorite is you can always negotiate terms. So while hard money loans are 2 and 12, 2 and 14, 4 and 14, private loans, we do 0 and 10%, 0, 8%. So we're not doing any points up front and we're doing 8%, 10% interest only. And the best part is a lot of them, we negotiate it so we pay them on the back end. Meaning, once we finish the renovation, we sold it, they get all their interest. So we don't even have to make monthly payments. Does that make sense? Uh, seller financing. Here, now we're going to get to the question that you were having. Seller financing, again, <laughs> this is going to be a killer strategy over the next coming years. Uh, it depends who you listen to. You have some economists says that we're going into a recession. And you have other economists that say we're going into a depression. So it's either bad or worse. Um, it seems like it's going to be fun either way. Um, owner finance is pretty much that. This is a owner that owns the home free and clear, and they're willing to finance it to you. Who would want to do this? As an absentee landlords are primarily our biggest uh, owner finance pool because they have a property. They like the cash flow. They just don't want to deal with the toilets, right? They don't want to deal with the calls. They don't want to deal with the tenants but they want that cash flow. Some people don't want to sell their home and get that max massive tax liability hitting them. Some people are on, on fixed income. That amount of profit coming in hurts their fixed income, hurts whatever benefits they're collecting, right? They're older people. They have whatever benefits they're getting. If they get that influx of money, it's going to hurt them. And the influx of money is not that much that they wouldn't need those benefits. So we structure an owner finance situation. They become our lender. They're going to structure terms on this property and we're going to make a monthly payments and we're going to take the property from them at that point. We're going to take the deed and they're financing the loan. They become the bank 
It's the same way the bank is going to do it with you. We do it with them. You understand? And, and the great thing with this, kind of like private money loans, you can structure this however you need to to make the deal make sense. So if you need to pay them $500 a month because you can rent that property at 1000 bucks and you need to make a cash flow, you can negotiate that. You can make the loan however you want it to look like. Whatever's fair to them, you give them maybe $10,000 down, $500 a month. There are people that we do business with, they love it all day long. They're like, perfect, let's go. Yeah. Because if they stop payment? If, if, if we stop payment? So if we're buying? Yeah. 100%. You should do it correctly. So we use, uh, the, the attorney that we like to use is called, his name is Alan Sesker. Sesker? Sesker. Sesker. I don't know. Sesker. It's weird. Evicted? Like, would I evict? You were the bank. You can, you will foreclose on them. You understand? But we use him. He has a title company and he's a fee attorney. So he drafts up all our contracts and all documents. Um, and in every contract that you're going to do, you always want to make sure if you're buying, we do this even if we're the buyer. We're always, there. there's some investors that take advantage of the lack of knowledge these buyers have. And what they end up doing is just negotiating the deal and they don't give them the right to foreclose. That means that if the investor starts missing payments or anything, the, the seller has no recourse. We don't believe in that. Like I said, we're not here to steal anybody's home. We want to help them out. So what we like to do is we give everybody the right to foreclose on us. You know, if we miss any payments or anything, it's in the contract. You have the right to foreclose. You got to go through all that. Obviously, if we were to get into something like that, I mean, we want it. Like, <laughs> we're good at what we do, but you all, you never know. You want to make sure you give them a chance to defend themselves if they need to. All right. So owner finance, excellent strategy. The next one is sub two, subject two. You've seen this. It's very trendy. Um, it's, uh, a lot of, uh, gurus out there talk about it all the time. This is still not a beginner strategy. This should be taken seriously. You can screw these up. You can screw it up for the homeowner. Um, you can screw it up. You can wholesale any one of these strategies. I've wholesaled them. I've negotiated those strategies and then wholesaled my, uh, my contract, my agreement with the seller to a buyer. I've done that before. So you can do any of those. Now the problem comes in is that if that buyer you're wholesaling it to, just because they're able to pay you the money, doesn't mean that they know what the heck they're doing. And you got to understand this, whoever that buyer is, they have an obligation to that seller. And if you wholesale this property to the wrong buyer, you're screwing over that seller. You understand? So I would do my due diligence, make sure the person you're working with knows what they're doing. They're serious and they care about their reputation. There are so many people out there that do not. If to them, it's the bottom line. I got to make my money. Come hell or high water, I don't care. That's their problem. Those are not the people I want to do business with. Subject to, you're taking the property subject to its current financing, right? So they have a loan with Wells Fargo, Bank of America, whoever it is. They're behind on payments. This works a lot when it's foreclosures. So what we do is we come in. We calculate, we reinstate the loan. Maybe the loan to reinstate is 15 grand. We reinstate the loan and we make the payments going forward. All right. So we don't have to take out a loan under our name. We don't have to do anything. All we're doing is reinstating the no, the, the loan, 
in making the payments going forward. So now we are able to pick up a property with pretty much what the interest were the last few years, two, 3% interest rate, and we got a property with that loan in place. You understand? We didn't have to apply for a loan. We didn't have to get a loan. We didn't have to do anything. And these people, we're still giving them the right to foreclose on us if we happen to miss a payment. Because if we miss a payment, then they're getting foreclosed on. They're still on the hook for that loan. Yes, ma'am. Oh, so uh, I guess kind of what you were just saying right now kind of adds to my question, I think. Um, so you're not like that legal older right off the bat. Oh, you are. In that case, you're here. It's not yours until it's already paid. It's the same as a bank. You're, you're the owner the same way as a bank, right? So you take a loan from the bank, right? The loan is under the bank's name. They have a first lien on the house, but you still have the deed, right? It's the same way. We record this through a title company. We get title insurance, everything. The, lien, the deed comes under our name. The lien stays under their name. Does that make sense? So this is a strategy that works tremendously during foreclosure times because there's a lot of times that it's like, we just can't pay you the full value. It doesn't make sense. You owe too much. But as an investor, I don't mind paying maybe 12 grand to reinstate the loan, rent the house out. Now I'm cash flowing and I can wait for it to appreciate to a point where I can pay you out. So we're still giving them an option, right? Where any other way, it's like I couldn't buy it straight out because I'd be underwater. You know, I'm investing way too much money for way too little return. It's not worth it. I'm taking on too much risk. Yes, sir. Bait, how do you stop the bait for call that the, the note once you... I guess transfer the the deed. Yeah, I don't information to uh, so we're buying it from someone. Mm -hmm. So uh, calling the note, do the sell, uh, the do and sell cloth. Uh, we don't tell the bank. <laughs> so, yeah. So Dan goes into great detail on this. There's a lot of different ways of going about it. One of the ways is you can deed uh, pretty much like one, why we like to use Alan. What he would do is he would deed the property back to the original owner. To mitigate that whole do and sell clause, the bank is happy, and then they'll deed it right back to you. It doesn't happen that often. It's happened to us once because the seller was being a pain in the ass and kept calling the bank for whatever reason. And they're like, but I don't even own the house anymore. And the bank is like, what do you mean you don't own the house? The loan is under your name. They're like, what are you doing? You know, and it, it was just bad communication, pain in the butt seller, you know, but we were able to mitigate it and take care of that situation there. Um, Depending on the lender, there are some smaller lenders that you can give them a call and say, look, yeah, I bought the house subject to by making the payments. I have a tenant in there is performing. What do you guys want to do? Some small lenders, they're like, all right, well, as long as you keep making the payments, right? Other lenders don't care. You're just a number and a balance sheet, get the hell out, right? So there's ways around it. That's why using the right title company, if you go, and this is a good uh, measure to gauge it by. Go to your title company and start bringing up these terms. If they flinch or they don't like them, don't use that title company. You understand? Because everything that we're, I'm teaching you here, it's all legal. I wouldn't teach you anything that's illegal. Angie wouldn't let me. Trust me. Um, but it's all legal. You can do all of it. You just have to have the right title company, right? You have to have a title company that knows what they're doing. And with with Alan Shesker, he's a fee attorney. So he's the attorney that drafts up all these contracts and documents. So he puts his name on everything, right? So, you know, you want to work with somebody like that. But again, subject to owner finance, they're going to be tremendous over the coming uh, 
the coming years. And then the last one on here, it's wraps. So a wrap is you are taking a loan. Like let's say you're taking a subject two, you bought it, you bought a subject two, you're taking over the payments. Now you're going to wrap it. You're going to wrap that loan with a bigger loan, right? So maybe you bought it, you took the payments over, the house is worth 80 grand. You're making payments of 500 bucks, but the house is actually worth 120. So you can create an owner finance situation where you wrap that property for 120 and you sell it to an end buyer, to somebody that's going to buy it and make payments on it. Does that make sense? So they're coming in, they're putting down maybe 10 grand and they're paying you eight, $900 a month. So they're paying you 900 bucks a month. You're paying 500 bucks a month. You make that difference and they're buying it for 120. You bought it for 80. So you have that equity spread. That's a wrap. Not for the class, but for the strategy. So does that make sense? Again, I know some of this stuff might go over your head. It's a lot of stuff, but that's why you want to join the steps on because then you get the details. Um, but that's another strategy. And again, as we move forward, especially in San Antonio, especially in Texas, I didn't know this before. I know big real estate investors throughout the whole nation. I'm part of a bigger mastermind. And they, t they all told me the same thing. Owner finance or wraps, they love to do them in Texas. Texas is just a place where these proper, where these types of deals just work out great. You have so much immigration from Mexico coming in here. And these are people that are working hard. They have great companies. They have cash. They just don't have great credit. Or they may not even have a social so that they can get a good loan. But it doesn't mean they can't afford a house. So they're willing to do an owner finance strategy with you. They're willing to pay 15 grand and get their own house that they can do work on. And the crazy thing is a lot of these owner finance deals, the ones that I sell to my owner finance buyers, they require so much freaking work. And I'm like, how the hell are you getting making these deals make sense? It's like, because these people don't care. They just want a house. They'll fix it up themselves. They don't care about building equity. They don't care about appreciation. They want a home that they can fix up and call their own. They're not looking at the numbers. They know they can take care of the monthly payment. They know they make enough money. They just want a house. That's all they want. And I'm like, well, shit. Who am I to say no, right? If it works for somebody, that's just what it is. Do you like petite or year It's all up to you. That's a great thing. You can do a five-year balloon that's civical, uh, two five-year balloon. It depends. That's why I love creating real estate because you say, what's the, what's the rule of thumb? <laughs> depends what thumb you want to use. <laughs> it's, there's no rule. It's, it's whatever you want that's fair for you. It's fair for them. I, I think, you know, that's also the, the problem in real estate. It's kind of, you know, it's too vague and you have people that take advantage. Um, so I, I do always advise you to like reach out to people that know better. I mean, I'm always make myself available to anybody that has any questions, right? You're like, Hey, I'm looking at this deal. I'm looking at partnering with this person. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Because there are people out there that are just, you know, they're, they're, they're bad characters. They're, they're bad players. And unfortunately some people don't realize until it's too late, but that being said, try to be one of the good ones. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity for everybody to make money in this industry. There's no reason for you to take advantage or screw anybody over. There's just, you know, no reason, no excuse for that. Do these make sense?